Helen. And I'm Liz. And we're sisters, scientists, and lifelong X-Files fans. And this is We Want to Believe. All right. Welcome to a special episode of We Want to Believe. Last time I promised it would be special. I hadn't figured out how yet. I was <laughs> there. I was doing some razzle-dazzle. I don't know. And then I came up with it. And then it took me a while to actually act on it. Today, we are going to be talking about X-Files Origins number one, Agent of Chaos. Oh, perfect. Yes, the the book that you never read. So I read it, but that was a while ago. Mm -hmm. And so I had to reread it. So I started at 10 this morning and I was late to record because I was speed reading my way through this book. Oh my God, you read it then in like an hour and a half? I had... I had, well, okay. I had read like the first chapter or two yesterday and, but I think, I think I was, I was on my Kindle. So I was 10% into the book. So I read 90% of the book this morning. Um, and I mean, I was skimming, I was like relationship stuff, sad stuff about Samantha, skim, skim, skim. Now, are you also going to give a brief summary of the episode is Yes. Okay. So yeah, so I thought um first before we get into anything, I'd mention that I started collecting questions for a future special episode with like listener questions. Oh, did and you we've get gotten some? we I got two that are really good, Ooh. but I think we should save them. And so I okay. want to encourage people to send more either, you know, DM us or comment on our posts with questions. They can be as specific to the X-Files or Totally tangential, not about the X Files at all, as you want. Yeah, you we had some like... good ones in our last uh, bonus. Ask us anything questions. So yeah, I, mean... I I was just re-listening to that, and I think we were asked what uh, what monster were we most afraid of as children and as adults. And I feel oh, like yeah, that's a good question. Yeah. yeah. So so whatever. Yeah, whatever you'd Did like I us to ghosts? talk about. Yeah, I know I did because I said it okay. seemed the most sensible. So, <laughs> <laughs> which I stand by. Yeah. Um. <laughs> so my my quick recap of the episode "Fearful mm-hmm. Symmetry" has basically I'm um, in in two words invisible animals. Um, it's got oh that's an elephant familiar. turns invisible, breaks out of a zoo, and like rampages, and oh. uh. Uh, there's like a animal rights group that's trying to free captive animals. Um, but then it's also, it's in this area that's known for UFO sightings. And so then they find out that the animals are, um, magically pregnant, even though they've never, uh, been mated. Yeah. And so, oh, this is actually going to be vaguely, uh, relevant in the future. Sort of, yeah, I okay. guess. I will say that the lone gunmen are involved. They're in a scene, but they're only um, talked about in that they're like, oh, this is an area with a lot of UFO activity. And there's a, uh, a ape of some sort who talks about being scared of the bright light in the sky and is worried her baby will be abducted because she's Wait, pregnant. Wait, How does she talk about it? Oh, uh, sign language. Oh, okay. <laughs> sorry. <laughs> <laughs> like this actually is sounding a lot like one of the Curious George movies, um, oh, where wait, uh, what? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> uh, yeah. There's an elephant who's with this really mean magician, and oh, no. George. Yeah, well, no. Then George and the man with the yellow hat break her out, 
Um, and they go on this like cross country journey. Um, and nice. so that actually sounds maybe we can just pretend. <laughs> yeah, that, I like that's... that. I think watch that instead. Um, yeah. So, yeah, the the um, basically well, it sounds I'm yeah. I'm going to sound absolutely insane by saying this, Ooh. but it's actually not the best of the Curious George movies. So I wouldn't recommend watching that instead. <laughs> oh, OK. What one would you recommend then? Ooh, the Halloween Boo Fest. Great. Great TV. Oh, okay. I feel yeah. like I've seen a Curious George Halloween at your house before. Is there more than one or is that like no. the same one? Just the same one. Yeah. Okay, cool. Yeah. yeah good songs. Good. good. And their Christmas one is so disappointing if you're familiar with the Halloween one. Um, but oh. I'm talking to a very specific demographic with young children right I now. Mean, so I think we can keep that's going. Just a lot of <laughs> a lot of people have young kids or have had young kids. Yeah. I think it's reasonable. Yeah, I somehow started getting, I don't know what it was exactly, but now I'm like, I get all these adult fans of Bluey posts on like my <laughs> targeted ads on Facebook. Still no targeted ads about donkey sanctuaries, which I've been attempting to get oh, by talking man. about them a lot. Yeah, but um, huh. but yeah, How adult have fans you been trying? of Bluey. I mean, I, I don't know. Every uh, day? Mom and I, on no, not every day, but mom and I were on the phone recently and we talked about them for a while. You mm. know, I don't know. Mm. Yeah. Okay. I swear the phones hear us and post things. And then, you know, I, don't I mean, know what we're I told need to do that they don't. Though. I know we're told they yeah. don't. Yeah. And this is, this is seeming to suggest maybe they don't. So at yeah. least, or that donkey sanctuaries don't do a good job of taking advantage of that sort of thing. I don't know. Also true. Maybe it would be yeah. a better study if it was done with something like much more common. Than, yeah. Uh, like, I really want to buy, like, what's something I don't actually want to buy? So I won't Google it, but like, that I might mm. a tractor. No, I don't want to buy it. I don't even <laughs> want to pretend to buy a tractor. It's too boring. Um, yeah. So basically ads would be way better than tractor. Yeah. Ads. Okay. Sorry. I, go ahead. I don't know. Like a, a lamp. I know that. See that I might want to buy a lamp at some point. I'll work on yeah. it. I'll work yeah. on it. Um, yeah. So anyway, basically Mulder thinks it's like alien conservationists, basically trying Ooh. to, breed these animals or or take care of them or something and huh. the animals end up being my impression is sent back to their countries of origin i guess okay um and but then there were some like actual people involved who die where someone's like a guy who is killed by a falling crate another guy is hit with a cattle prod i don't know some people die so that's fine that's the episode i'm just going off a sum uh, summary online because i didn't want to okay. watch it because i didn't want to watch things with actual elephants or tigers or apes in them yeah so yeah yeah um besides now i can tell you about x-files origins number one agent of chaos all right i'm ready so to give you a little bit of background this came out in 2017 it is the first of two books as of right now, the only two in this series that are meant to be about um, Mulder and Scully as teenagers. So they obviously didn't know each other. So they have to have two separate plots. So Scully isn't in this at all. It's just right. about Mulder. Mm -hmm. And it was written by Cammie Garcia, who's written some other books. She's done a lot of IP stuff. So that's intellectual property. And that's where... Um, I've thought about it myself. I have writer friends who talk about doing it where you're hired to write the plot of an existing, uh, you know, copyrighted oh. idea, you know, like writing yeah, from yeah. the X-Files, writing about a Disney show characters or something. Yeah. Yeah. Nora McInerney. Do you know her? The no, podcast I don't. host and author. Uh -uh. Oh, she's fantastic. She hosts um, 
it's going to be okay. And uh, terrible. Thanks for asking. Two great podcasts. Oh. And actually, oh, cool. so uh, actually on, uh, I was going to say, well, you'll miss it by the time this episode comes out, but you can listen to older podcasts. That's, it's yes, not like the radio. How, yeah, right. Um, That the February 6th episode of It's Going to Be Okay will be me. What? Uh, yeah, yeah. Oh my god! A little, a little uh, voice memo that I sent it, and that's kind of how the show. Oh my works. god! Oh, that's awesome. Okay. Yeah, it's going to be okay. Yep. And mm-hmm. it's by Nora someone? McInerney. Mm-hmm. Nora M. Yeah, <laughs> but uh, um, this if you don't know who she is, but she's a very good author too. She writes memoirs. Um, but she wrote a Bad Moms book. Similarly, like she, you know, is the bad mo- moms the, a thing. The movies are those movies. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, I don't um, know those like movies. Mila Kunis and oh. Kristen Bell. Oh, and... I guess I am vaguely aware of that now that you say yeah. it. Yeah. Oh, she wrote a yeah. book. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. So that's how I know about it. Okay, cool. Yeah. So, like, you know, your approach with like, here's the rough outline of the plot, and you have to fill it in or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, and so she's written um uh, this. Uh, the author of this, Cami Garcia, has written a lot of like other sci-fi stuff, um, other like Buffy and other fandom things. Um, so she wrote this, and then somebody different wrote the Scully book, which I haven't read. Oh, um, interesting. And I, I mean, it's like it's a real tough needle to thread this sort of book because <laughs> it's a YA book, so it's got to be appealing to teenagers. Right. Um, but it also, it's clearly supposed to be appealing to X-Files fans. And so uh, those are generally not teenagers. Right. And it's got to take place in the 70s because of Mulder's age, going with the show and everything. Um, right. It's it's just, it's trying to, like, achieve a lot. And I think it's difficult. Yeah. Uh, I think it does okay. Like, mm-hmm. I don't. I don't find myself wanting to reread this and I'll talk about some of the stuff I didn't like um, and some of the stuff I thought was neat. Um, and it opens with something kind of neat where there's um, uh, Mulder is a teenager. He's walking home from school with his friend and there's two people in a car clearly like spying on him. And the mm-hmm. scene is from the point of view of this younger agent who's in the car with an older guy who's smoking Morley's. So um. there's a lot of little <laughs> like Easter eggs to the show and, and the, it's a cigarette smoking man and he's telling the younger guy whose perspective it is, you know, I want you to spy on Bill Mulder's son. Um, we're considering, do we want to recruit him? And it's unclear what they want to recruit him for. Um, and please report this directly to me, not to the agency or whatever. And he says, don't even uh, sign your reports with your name. Just sign them X. And I was like, uh, oh, it's X. So they've got like occasional little things in the book where X is watching Mulder, but he otherwise doesn't interfere with the plot. But I was like, hey, finally, I've got something with <laughs> X in it. Yes, I had no. to read this book. <laughs> Hold on. I have a question. So, okay. Yes. So the movie, for example, the first movie, the yeah. only movie as far as I'm no. concerned? No, 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 no. As far as I'm oh, concerned. Oh, as far as you're like concerned. That, yeah. Fair. Yeah. I didn't like that <laughs> yeah. other one. Yeah. Um, that, uh, is supposed to take place like between the fourth and fifth season or, or yeah. fifth and sixth. Yeah. And fifth. Something like, I, okay. I think fifth and sixth, but I'm not sure. Ah, yeah. Okay. Um, and so that is supposed to be canon for lack of a better term. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Is this supposed yeah, to like, my understanding is yes, this is canon. Um, okay. 
Okay. It doesn't contradict anything. I think she does a good job with that. Um, but there's a lot of extra stuff that I can't bring myself to care about. Um, uh, like sure. the love interest who Mulder clearly we know does not get together with because she's right. never, she's invented just for this book. Yeah. Um, or I guess she was also written in an X-Files short story that this same author wrote about Mulder when he was younger um, uh. in some other piece of IP. Um so I do think this is meant to be canon, but I don't, I don't know that for like how, I'm not sure how to know that for official, honestly. Yeah, yeah, like, same. right, yeah. I know they say that in the um the comic books of um Firefly that those are canon and that they explain whatever it is that Shepard Book's backstory is that they never Ooh. explain on the show, and yet I've never read them, so I don't yeah. know. I just don't, I don't know. I'm not into graphic novels or comic books, not for any sort of like, I'm too fancy or something stupid reason, but like, I just, I don't know. I just, I'm not, I can't get into it. I mean, I read, I've read, uh, I've read kind of Watchmen. a lot of them, I guess. Oh yeah. Well, I mean, here's the thing. Like there's a lot that is nothing like Watchmen. That's yeah. not being into Watchmen seems totally reasonable to me. No, I, I actually know. enjoyed it. Oh, okay. I actually liked it. Um, So that was, that was one that I enjoyed, but okay. So maybe I haven't tried hard enough. Maybe. I don't know. I mean, have yeah. you? Did you read Roller Girl for something completely different? No, I haven't. It is such a goddamn delight. Roller Girl by Victoria Jameson. For anyone listening, but I was I was thinking that uh, so good. Would William, my nine year old, be? Yes, old I think I think he would really like it. Yeah. Oh, okay, cool. Yeah. Okay. Well, then maybe I'll read it too. Yeah. Yeah. You should. I can lend you my copy if you want. So. Oh, cool. Okay. Yeah, it's it's so good. Yeah. Um and it's not too much like Watchmen, but <laughs> um that's so, good because I wouldn't let William read Watchmen. Yeah, fair. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so okay, so then we flash now most of the book is from Mulder's perspective, and he's recently moved to DC. His parents have split up. He's he's doing his senior year in DC instead of at Martha's Vineyard, and he doesn't get along with his dad. And he's thinking a lot about Samantha. And then, like, a big character in the book is Mulder's friend Gimbal, who is not anybody in the X-Files. He's invented yeah. for this book. Um, and so uh, they go to Gimbal's house. And Gimbal's dad is sort of uh, crazy? I don't know. Um, huh. Like, unhinged. And you can't tell how much of it is real and how much of it isn't. He's a conspiracy theorist. He has, like you know, maps and things all over their house. And he's obsessed with this book called Stormbringer by Michael Moorcock, which the first time I read this book, I assumed that Stormbringer was invented by the author of the book. It is not. It is a real novel uh, oh. from the 60s. It is said to be like the inspiration for D&D &D in a lot of ways oh. and how the magic system works. It's a, it's a fantasy novel. Interesting. And so there's a lot that I'm going to bring up about Stormbringer, which is apparently true. Oh, um, Cool. Yeah, so that's a real book. Um, quick side note that ties together both my last tangent and this one. Um, <laughs> are you familiar with like a new video game that people are super into that's like supposed to be about D and D? No. Oh, it's like a. It's on you know like the Xbox and stuff. Um, and PlayStation, oh, no. and it's um like D and D, but um, but a video game. A video game. Yeah. What's yeah, it called? And people can't think of the name of it um huh. but i it reminds me of my last interruption as well because um and actually the end of our last episode um 
that about what I, I'm talking about watching it. Yes. Okay. <laughs> um, that uh, I went to a happy hour with some of my colleagues the first day of the start of the semester. Uh-huh. And, uh, and I was talking to a few of them and uh, they were talking about this video game. And I was like, oh, that sounds cool. You know, and I was like, well, I don't know D&D at all, but you know, would I enjoy mm-hmm. it? We were talking and um, and I was like, well, how, you know, what's the violence level? Like, you know, my kids have played um, like Oblivion and Skyrim and, you know, we're oh, okay yeah. with like some like sword based violence. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, and uh, and they were like, oh, yeah. And so we're discussing this. And then uh, the one's uh, partner breaks in and she's like, I'm sorry. No. No, her this had like a ton of graphic sex. Her, don't no, her her nine year old cannot watch this. And I was like, oh my god, thank you. <laughs> and the two guys just just didn't uh, think it didn't occur to, to bring them? that up. It didn't occur wow. to them as we're talking about like whether or not it's suitable for a nine year old. And mean, she like- was like. No, <laughs> I know they say that like, oh, Americans are more puritanical about sex than Europeans as far as in media and stuff and that yeah. we're less so <laughs> about violence. But I kind of feel like, no, a nine year old doesn't need to play a video yeah. game with a ton of graphic sex. No, <laughs> yeah. that's not being puritanical. That's just good parenting. Yeah. Oh, my yeah. God. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Like, apparently you can like pick the appearance of the character's oh genitals. Ah! And ah! <laughs> <laughs> I don't like it. No, that's weird. That's not a nut. Yeah. That's that's yeah. No. Oh no. my god! And they were like, "Sure, William could play it." Yeah. yeah. I mean, these are these are people without children who are okay. like, yeah, men I mean, in their thirties. It can be easy like... to lose touch with what's okay and what isn't. But I don't. That seems like a very specific type of game that is yeah. not suitable for. A work Anyone? conversation. Like well, I mean, we were at a bar. Okay. I, this was okay. Happy I hour. Mean, yeah. Fair, but I feel like I yeah. feel like that is like akin to being like, oh yes, and what porns do you watch, colleague? <laughs> like wow. Okay. And you yeah. can't remember the name of the game though. I can't. No. Huh. All right. <laughs> but I mean, like, I hear it's super good, which like because then it's like, well, is it there's in the later Akatar books, they get more adult. And so is uh-huh. it like wrong? Like, is it weird for me to recommend those to oh, my colleagues? Yeah, no. You know, and, like, it's, yeah, I don't know. That's interesting. There was a question about that on Ask a Manager where someone was oh. like, oh, I recommended a book to my supervisor really enthusiastically. And she said she was going to read it. And then I reread it and was like, I did not remember that this is got a <laughs> lot of graphic sex scenes. And now I feel weird. And what do I do? So, yeah. Yeah. But, you know, I wouldn't recommend. A Court of Thorns and Roses Akatar for one of my colleagues' children, though. That right. I do. Yes. That, that's that's the difference. <laughs> but anyway, um, Stormbringer? Stormbringer. It's okay, a real great. novel by Michael cool. Moorcock. And okay. um, Gimbel's dad, who is who goes by the major, um, he's like ex-military. He's obsessed with this book because Gimbel's mom was reading it when she died. And so it like brings him closer to her. But he thinks there's all of these like important codes in there about law and chaos and the struggle between them. Huh. Um, and it's mentioned on the news that there's a kid named Billy Christian who is missing an eight-year-old. And so anytime, you know, that's brought up, there's a lot of Mulder. Mulder at this point doesn't, hasn't done the like regression hypnosis so that he remembers seeing 
uh, Samantha disappear. He just right. knows he like blacked out and she was gone and he feels all this guilt about it. And so um, Mulder then is alone at his dad's apartment because his dad is going to New Mexico for a business thing, which I assume has to do with aliens, actually. Uh, I'm like, oh, New Mexico. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And Probably. so, um, so uh, Mulder's friend Phoebe is going to come visit from Martha's Vineyard for a couple days. And I don't, I just can't bring myself to care about Phoebe. Phoebe, sure. first of all, it's weird that her name is Phoebe because Phoebe is also Mulder's love interest, the British one from that fire episode that we hate. Yeah. Yeah. That's yeah. what I thought. Yeah. Um, hold on not... one second because it's 78 degrees in my office. Oh, I need to Jesus. open my window more. Yeah. I just want being, your, uh... I just want your whole outfit. I want your whole, I want your jewelry oh. on that dress. Like, thank you. I bet you'd cute. like my shoes too. Let me see. Oh, I, well, I couldn't wear them though, but I love them. Ah, heels. Sure. It's just not happening, but I love yeah. them. Yeah. Yeah. Are those tights comfortable? Yeah. I mean, they're just tights. I find like I have a hard time finding comfortable tights. I get annoyed by tights all the time. If oh. any listeners have advice for tights for people with big thighs and like, like about size 16 comfortable tights that aren't going to be like sagging down that are thick enough that i don't have to feel my thighs touch which is the worst feeling in the world um wait but how also could they pass... i mean you feel your thighs touching jeans right well that's yeah that's fine i it needs to be not so thin that it doesn't so that my thighs are not aware of each other <laughs> if you will like they need to have like do they fight? <laughs> well, they, I mean, apparently, I don't know. I've had to buy chafing cream in Europe some summers in oh, the past well, sure. before I wore shorts under my skirts. I mean, who hasn't had to buy chafing cream in Europe? <laughs> <laughs> Very thin people. Um, yeah, I guess because I know there was there was a period where I gained weight and hadn't really thought it through, and then was like, I'm just so angry all the time, and then oh, finally God. bought some shorts, and it was better. And yeah, yeah, they're not sponsoring us. They should, but they're not. There's a company called Thigh Society, and I buy their shorts, Ooh. and they're so comfy, so thin. I wear them under dress, all my dresses and skirts in the summer, and you don't have to wear underwear with them, and they aren't cool. sucky any, so they're very comfy, um, and they don't add bulk. They're just they're just yeah. great. Yeah, cool. Oh, that's yeah. awesome. Anyway. I, I do that myself where I usually wear like a pair of Spanx that are, I buy mm. them bigger though. They're not true Spanx, but they're like okay. Spanx like, yeah. um, I buy them bigger so that they're not squeezing and use them for okay. the same purpose. But yeah. that, I mean, that sounds better. Um, yeah, but yeah. Cause I don't like, I don't like the like creams and stuff they have. No, they don't last, you know, no. not for the amount right. of like walking I'm going to do. Yeah. Yeah. Plus then I don't have to worry about like sitting in the grass and exactly you know me i don't have great awareness of like spatial stuff i want to sit with my knees tucked to my chest i want to sit with my legs all twisted weird if i'm going to fall asleep on a train so yeah i don't have to worry about flashing my students so yeah yeah Yeah. um anyhow phoebe is coming (laughs) for a visit okay phoebe is really smart and really hot and Ugh. she's just it's just like i'm like you know that whole monologue that amy gives in gone girl about the cool girl oh yeah and i'm just like yeah, i'm yeah, pretty yeah. sure that's like phoebe is like the dork version of the cool girl mm, like she mm-hmm. knows star trek really well and she's got long blonde hair and she's just naturally pretty and doesn't wear a lot of makeup and i just felt like i have no tolerance for phoebe i don't yeah. care about phoebe and Fair. i just 
I don't. So Phoebe's coming to visit. And so um, Mulder is by himself before she gets there. And there's something on the news that there's another uh, child missing. Her name is Sarah. Ah. And they show her in a picture wearing pajamas with elephants on them. But Mulder notices there's a weird little stain that is shaped like a hippo near the zipper of the pajamas. And this Hmm. is important because then Mulder goes out for a jog and he jogs through this cemetery. And there's some people who are going to be there for their grandma's funeral. But when they went to the plot where the hole was dug, there was already a body in there. And it was the body of Billy Christian, the first missing child. Ah, and Mulder gets I a thought glimpse. you were going to say a hippo. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God, no. I, I read this book to avoid that sort of thing. Um, no, um, the, but he is Whoa. wearing those pajamas. So in oh. other words, Mulder knows whoever took him and killed him also yeah. has this new girl. And yeah. so... Um, he also sees on the body that there is a bunch of arrows sticking out of his chest. So that's huh. creepy. Eight of yeah. them. And so um, Mulder and Gimble go and talk to the cops and the cops, the, the detectives are like, what are you talking about? No, stop wasting our time. Crackpots, which seems ridiculous to me. Just like, yeah, check it. <laughs> also, like, I'm sorry, eight year olds don't go missing that often. Two right. kids who have and, and Mulder then does go and talk to somebody in Billy's neighborhood and finds out that, yeah, it's the same exact scenario where it was evening. The kid was left alone for just a couple minutes while their parent oh, or whoever went in another room. And then the front door was left wide open. So oh. it's like the exact same situation. Yeah. And the cops are like oh hippo stain no whatever you know um so then um phoebe arrives and there's a lot of like gimbal is sort of playing a role sort of how like the lone gunman always talk about how scully is hot but it doesn't seem like they're actually going to try to go for her it's like Uh Mulder and scully where it's like Mulder and phoebe but gimbal thinks she's hot and cool too and it's i just i I don't Uh, care about phoebe don't care about phoebe um do you care about gimbal a little okay. more. I don't okay. hate him. Okay. He's like a weird little D&D nerd dealing with the fact that his mom died and hit the major is paranoid and makes his life difficult. Um, okay. And so uh, we do see another scene of Axe and the cigarette smoking man watching them. And then um, they make a plan that they're going to go back to the police station and try to get a look at the files where like one of them will distract the police while the other goes and, and looks. And does this, this work? It in, does. In the, oh God. It does. <laughs> yeah. So I, it's almost like unintentional where Mulder goes to use the bathroom and then walks in the wrong door. And there's the room with like the, the kind uh, of room for the mm-hmm. case. And there's like everything on the wall and some important stuff he finds out are that the arrows were made of adult human bones. Oh God. Yes, and that the kid was poisoned with aconite. Oh, huh. and were the were the bones fibulas? Because that's what I'd use. We're gonna get to that. And oh, you can no tell kidding! Me what you think? Yeah. Oh, okay, great. <laughs> yeah, because I think honestly they should have consulted you. Um, I think they should have. Yeah, and speaking of bones, another plug for that podcast I'm listening to called oh, gosh, Death yes. in Ice Valley. It's a little bit weird and slow in parts where it's okay. like there's two hosts. And um, one of them is not a native English speaker. Um, It takes place in Norway. And sometimes it just sounds a little bit um, scripted too much where they'll be like, I found that the the person we should talk to is so-and-so. They witnessed this. And the guy will be like, okay, well, let's go talk to him. Okay, well, it's a bit of a journey. He lives in Spain. And then an airplane noise. Uh... And it's a little bit fakey. But the facts, the case are 
wild. It's about a woman's body that was found with no identification in Ice Valley in Norway. And all of the labels had been ripped out of her clothes. And then they found a suitcase that belonged to her at uh, the station with, uh, I won't say more than that. It, yeah. It's really weird. And I don't know what's going okay. on. Okay. So cool. And, and it's true. Ice Valley. Death in Ice Valley. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Got it. Awesome. Um, so cool. anyway, uh, uh, so there's stuff, but there's stuff about bones in there and like forensic pathologists. Oh, and, and, ooh, um, great. I just thought you should listen to it. I should. So aconite was the poison. Um, mm-hmm. And so uh, Mulder and Phoebe go and they go to tell Gimbal this and they're at uh, uh, Gimbal's house and the major is there. Wait, I'm sorry. How did they find out that aconite was what poisoned the boy oh, because from it was... the police files? It was on the files. Yes. Oh, okay. Okay. Yeah. Got it. Got uh, they it. also found out that th- what Mulder hadn't seen is that the boy had a stone in his hand called Numite. Huh. It's some sort of uh, metamorphic rock, a black okay. stone. And okay. so um, the major starts telling Phoebe about some of the like cases he's following on his walls that he thinks are from aliens. And so uh, I think the uh-huh. idea in the book is that Mulder kind of gets his alien obsession from the major a little oh. bit. Okay. Um, and so he says, like, oh, there's this woman who was um pimping out teenage girls who was murdered and she was missing her hand. And then there was this drug dealer whose body was missing its jaw. And there was this slumlord recently who hung himself and he was missing a finger. And then uh, somebody else who was bad who was missing his foot. So he's like, Oh, there's all these and originally Mulder and Gimbal had been like okay, these are just a bunch of people who died in pretty much non-suspicious ways. But now they're uh-huh. like, oh, but now that they know the arrows were made from human bones, yeah, maybe your dad is onto something here. Sure. Um, and so uh, they decide that they are going to go to Georgetown University Library and okay. do some research. And there's a whole thing about Georgetown because Mulder's dad wants him to go to college there because that's where like powerful people who become lawyers and and things go. And Mulder's mm-hmm. like, no, I want to do something with NASA. I want to do something with like, I'm not sure what I want, but I don't want to go to Georgetown. Um, and so they go to um, Georgetown library though, and they're doing research. And the lo- I mean, it's a, like, there's a lot of scenes that are kind of long and pointless. Uh, like there's uh-huh. like slow scenes in this book. And I'm just glossing over the fact that Mulder and Phoebe kiss, but then Mulder isn't brave enough to say he actually likes her and wants her to be his girlfriend. Like, ah, uh, yeah, I, I don't, don't know. care. Frankly. I was just like, skim, skim, skim. <laughs> I don't care. You yeah. know, um, are, are, it does. I'm sorry. Will I go. be able to say more about the bones in their suitability for arrows or is this no this is this is a great time yeah okay so um did you say uh, how big are the arrows do they describe the size no but i don't think they're they're meant okay we're gonna talk a little bit more about why they're shaped like they were they're not um in in just a scene so maybe we'll oh okay all right okay sounds good so um one thing they discover at the library is that aconite, the poison, is made from uh, monkshood or wolfbane, yeah. which yeah. is, a, I, oh, you knew that. I do, yeah. It's also it's also sometimes used in homeopathic remedies. So be careful if you're someone who sometimes wants to take homeopathic remedies. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, very good. Yeah. 
Yeah. I knew about it because yeah, I remember using Wolfsbane in that first novel I wrote that I like that was barely so queried at all. Good though. Eh, it was okay. okay. It, it was, you I know, mean, yeah. I think maybe it, in retrospect, but I really enjoyed reading it. Well, thank you. Yeah, yeah. I feel like it was reasonable that it wasn't picked up by an agent, but not terrible. But Eh, uh, mm-hmm. I don't know. Yeah. I think I think I didn't do a great job of selling it either. And I did some things where I was like, I can query this person because it's kind of a rom-com. No, there's no romance in it. The, why was the, where's the rom, Liz? <laughs> you know, or like, oh, it's kind of sci-fi because it's got a werewolf. No. Yeah. Really. Yeah. You know. Um, and just like made it things that I know now would like make it hard to market. Anyway, so that's how I yeah. knew about Wolf Spain. Um, but so they learned that it's a plant. It mm-hmm. comes from a plant, and that's kind of important because next, the when they're talking about the new mite to the librarian, she talks about how it's used in new new age magic, and oh. so um, okay, so they're gonna go to this new age bookstore in Crager, Maryland, and this is another Easter egg with uh future X Files stuff oh. in that um there is apparently a scene in Crager, Maryland in the episode Paper Hearts. Oh, oh, good yeah. episode. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so I guess um there is even a scene where uh and they talk about how they have a hard time finding it and how the town wasn't even on the map. And they talk huh. about that in the book, and apparently that's also mentioned in the episode of Paper Hearts. Oh, cool. And so Mulder and Scully go to a diner in the episode Paper Hearts. Um mm-hmm. I don't even remember this scene. I don't think it's of much consequence, yeah. but um, they also go to the diner in this book. Oh, and so, oh that's cool. a little okay. reference to that. And so, yeah. um, so they go to this new age bookstore called beyond beyond. And they, there's also a coffee bar, which seems very modern for a bookstore in 1979. Yeah. yeah. And they kind of talk about that. Like Mulder says something about who wants coffee at a bar or something, but it still was weird. It was there. Cause it didn't really who wants coffee at a bar. Oh, Oh, like, oh I see what like the saying. term coffee like, bar wasn't got in. it. Yeah. Yeah. So they see this, there's going to be a meeting. They talk to this biker and find out there's going to be a meeting in the back of a group called the Illuminates of Thanateros and oh, that's familiar. Or is no, it? maybe well, Thanatology is the study of death, so oh, maybe really? that's what I'm thinking about. Yeah. Oh, mm-hmm. I didn't know that. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So it's some group that does chaos magic. So they oh. go. Huh. So this is one of those things where, like, I'm not crazy about it in the book because the whole coincidence is that okay, Phoebe looks in a phone book, finds the closest New Age bookstore. They drive there. And then they, the meeting happens to be happening and they go in the back and they're like putting up a banner for their club meeting and it's eight arrows um, that look exactly like the ones that were in the kid uh, on the kid's body. So it's like the the same logo. On the, on the banner it is? Yes. On the banner. Oh yeah. That's all all a little too convenient. It's very convenient. Yes. And so, um, it's eight arrows and that symbol of eight is important because that's how old the kids are. And that's how long the ki- eight days is how long the kids are alive or how long Billy Christian was missing, I guess. Um, and so 
yeah, it's the chaos symbol, apparently. And so that if that helps, the arrows are small. They're just meant to represent this symbol. They're not meant to be used. Um, oh, okay. And when you're thinking um, about the bones and their yeah, uses. Yeah, is, is the chaos symbol a real thing? That's a really good question, Helen. <laughs> I was quickly reading this. Yeah, it is real. Aha, of course. It is from Michael Moorcock's books. Oh, funny. From the Stormbringer okay. books. Let me yes. look quick. And it looks like an asterisk with arrows on the end of it, basically. Um, oh, sure. Uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah. So it's um, like more people hmm. are really into this book. Okay. And these arrows. So theoretically, then, the arrows in billy christian were not meant to kill him but were meant just to oh yeah they didn't kill him at all they were not oh like, they were kind of just, the just like did yes oh yeah oh, sorry oh. okay well that changes my opinion on feasibility then okay um yeah because i mean to get an arrow with you know enough length and force and could be put in a bow to kill someone is like way yeah. different than just you know needing to like stab it into someone gotcha um i still think like i mean a mandible would be pretty hard to make into an well i mean depends on how small the arrow what did you say in a mandible a foot what were the other a ones jaw that's a mandible uh-huh oh yeah sorry <laughs> of yeah. course mandibles uh a hand and a finger a hand a hand a hand and a finger separately yeah one person's yeah, hand no. one person's I finger mean, Finger bones would have to be tiny and or like welded together or something. Okay. Like a single finger bone is very small. Um, yeah, I'm kind of looking at my fingers. They are quite small, especially compared to my well, jaw. Right. And so, I mean, your your finger is actually, besides your thumb, your thumb is two bones. Your fingers are three bones. So okay. if you look at like each joint yeah, from that's knuckle very to knuckle. Short. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's very, and, very small. And you want the arrows to all be the same size to make the symbol look right. So you'd basically have to scale everything to the tiniest bone if you were crafting this. Right, which would be very small. Yeah. Yes. And like, and it would be hard for or... like a random teenage jogger to spot it. So. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, like even hand and foot bones, foot bones. So like your your metatarsals, like the mm, actual yeah. bones of the foot and not the toes. Uh -huh. Um, That seems like the most feasible. Okay. Um, the mantle, okay. you'd have to do a whole lot of carving. Like, yeah, I was like thinking so. A lot of work. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. if you have a body at your disposal and you're going to grab a part Why from it. Why are you like, choosing the jaw? Yeah. 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 Anyway, that, that's my professional opinion. <laughs> yeah. Okay, that's good. I like, I needed that. Um, And so uh, they mentioned at this meeting, uh, or like after it, Mulder is talking to the, the meeting leader and asks like, does anybody ever try to do any like darker magic with this stuff? Cause it all seems pretty nice. Uh -huh. um, and she's like, well, we actually just kicked somebody out a few months ago because he was trying to do dark. I was stuff. about to say, I bet they had someone they knew that they kicked out. Okay, great. Great. <laughs> and he was like way too into the like war between chaos and law and the eternal champion. Who is the hmm. eternal champion? We are halfway through the book. This is the first mention of him. He is a concept <laughs> and a character in the Stormbringer book. Oh, okay. Um, and he's like, he's got a sword called Stormbringer. That's ah. what Stormbringer is. And it's a demon sword huh. that when he kills people, the sword is like 
quenched with the blood and then he gets stronger but eventually the sword kills him so okay all right is this supposed to be a good book what's the like i don't know it's definitely a book um (laughs) it doesn't look like a book that would interest me in the least because it Ah. looks like very fiddly with laws and magic rules Mm. and stuff Uh, but i also mm -hmm. have sort of read a lot less fantasy in recent years ah yeah so i mean like i don't know it it it's a famous enough book that like i think it's still in print and people talk about it i guess it influenced D. it doesn't seem like something i want to pick up i don't know um but that might that doesn't mean it's bad I don't right. know. It's just, it's weirdly playing a big role in this book. So, yeah. Huh. That um, is strange. Yeah. And so they talk about how, uh, yeah, this guy we kicked out, his name is Earl Roy. Um, he had a job working with exotic plants, they mention offhand. Uh, yes. And um, first of all, I don't think Aconite or Wolfsbane or Monkshood, I don't think yeah. it's that exotic right you know what's it's interesting that you say that because they even mention it's pretty common and that anybody could have it in their backyard and how that doesn't help them narrow it down so yeah i don't know all right and the shop owner says oh yeah earl bought up all of my new might all of the this black stone that uh strengthens your auric shield okay so they do a little bit of uh sneaky stuff to get the sign-in sheet from the meeting this clipboard that goes back several months so that they can get earl roy's address okay. um and so first they go to a diner it's uh charlotte's diner which is apparently in the episode paper hearts um and phoebe and gimbal are like yeah we need to call the police this is dangerous we can't go to the house of this possible yeah. serial killer and Mulder's yeah. like sure we can which does seem very true to his nature <laughs> yeah. um and they talk about how he doesn't like to plan. He likes to just go. And and again, yeah. that does seem very true. Yeah. Um, and so uh, they call the police from the payphone and the police don't take them seriously. And so they get directions to where Earl lives from somebody at the diner. Like they're like, here's where we're going. Can you help us figure out where to go? And it's like dark and there's no one around and it's tough to find his house. They eventually find it. They split up because, of course, they do. And uh, Mulder mm-hmm. sees there's a bunch of, like, kids' bikes in the backyard, which is Ugh. creepy. And yeah. so then he goes in the house. He sees a framed picture of Billy Christian. And Ugh. then he is grabbed and knocked unconscious. Sure. Okay. Next chapter, X has followed them. Ah. X is on, watching. Do, Please. Does, does Mulder ever get taken hostage or anything or abducted i'm trying to think i mean scully he does must. like a bunch yeah but that's interesting examples that's interesting i mean he gets taken by like government oh, by the government people. yeah that's yeah. true that's like true. um okay yeah in one of the first episodes i think he does yeah. Um, yeah that's right with the yep. eyeball and the yeah um yeah but i do okay. feel like in general it is scully who gets taken more and i don't yeah. know if that's well i mean i know she was abducted for a few episodes because of her yeah. pregnancy because of uh jillian anderson's pregnancy but um yeah i don't know if that's like a accidentally leaning into the like woman being more vulnerable thing or yeah. if it's just different i don't know yeah okay Something to pay attention to yeah um so x is watching them through night vision goggles 
And okay. he sees Phoebe and Gimble jump in the car to go drive and try to find the police, but he notes that they've driven in the wrong direction. So he goes into the house and he's thinking about rescuing Mulder and he's like torn because he's like, cigarette smoking man would want me to rescue Mulder, but uh, the organization we work for would not. And so eventually huh. he just leaves him there and he calls 911 before he leaves oh, and okay. puts in an anonymous tip. Sure. So, so Mulder comes to, he's restrained in the basement. Earl Roy is down there. He does a lot of monologuing about his beliefs, about how he is doing this cycle. And then Mulder notices that Sarah, the little girl who's been abducted, is there and she's drugged, oh. but she's alive. Oh, and wow. And he talks about um, Earl Roy is saying that that the children are like Stormbringer in this universe, that they're like the demon sword. They're this vessel or something. And sure. Mulder's like kind of confused and he says he's the protector of the eternal champion and Mulder's like well that doesn't those are two separate people I'm kind of confused but then Mulder scrapes himself just a little and Earl like freaks out and it turns out he's super afraid of blood which is kind of like huh. the episode blood where the bad guy is well not the bad guy at all but um the guy who ends up not a good guy the guy who ends up in the uh, <laughs> tower with the uh sniper rifle that Mulder yeah. has to take down is afraid of blood <laughs> yeah um so Mulder's like, well, somebody who like cut off the hands and feet of all these people is not afraid of blood. So there's got to be yeah. a second killer. Like this kid's, this guy's killing the kids, but then there's got to be a different killer. And um, so he is then rescued by the cops okay. because X called the cops. And, and so the girl is as well. The girl is as well. And it's great. like, they're like, hey, you guys did great. You saved this girl. And Mulder's like, there's another killer out there. There has to be another uh, killer. Mm -hmm. And so um, Mulder goes over. His dad's still in New Mexico. And Mulder goes and he talks to the major at, at Gimbel's house. And the major starts telling him all about how when he worked for the Air Force, he was at El Rico Air Force Base. And he'll never forget, he saw this man smoking a cigarette and there was an alien there. And it's because huh. he knows too much um, that his wife was killed, that the oh. government killed his wife. And all so right. then it kind of seems like he actually does know some stuff and isn't huh. just paranoid. Um, right. And I want to I wanna look that up. Um, at some point, I didn't, but um, yeah. I think El Rico Air Force Base is mentioned in some of those in uh, musings of a cigarette smoking man. Uh, we learn about the cigarette smoking man's past. So. Yeah. Oh, such a good episode. Yeah. yeah. Um, and uh, he also shows how in all those crime scene photos of those like kind of bad people who had hands and feet removed, you can see an arrow in them. So it's like, oh, the police should have spotted this. Um. Okay. So Mulder is like obsessing about the fact that he knows there's a second killer. And so he does all this reading and research and he writes down everything he can think about, about what the second killer should be like. And uh, now might... we're getting into like the origins of the forensic psychology. And yes, Got yes, okay. exactly. Okay. And so Mulder's dad comes home and he's like all mad. And he's like, why didn't you tell me what happened? The FBI just contacted me. You have to go and give a statement to them about everything that happened. And so Mulder goes with his dad and with Gimbal and uh, Phoebe to the FBI. And they each have to individually talk to a different agent. And the agent is like, Agent Wrestler. I don't think he's a real person. Well, 
I know he's not a real person. <laughs> yeah, I don't think he's on the show or anything. Basically, it. it's this very positive experience. And he teaches Mulder about uh, the concept of writing a profile. And he mentions that Earl has a brother named Montgomery. And that Earl Roy's full name is Earl Roy Props. I researched this a little. Apparently, in the very first episode where Mulder and Scully are talking, they mention that Mulder wrote this famous profile of this serial killer that helped him get caught called Monty Props. Oh, yeah, that's familiar. Yeah. And so Mulder is like, look, I wrote all this stuff about him. And the FBI agent is like, that's a profile. This is really helpful. And so the book is basically saying that this famous profile that Mulder wrote about Monty Props was written when he was a 17-year-old kid with no training, which is definitely not the implication you get from the pilot episode. (laughs) Um, And I'm sorry, what was the name of the the FBI agent? Agent Ressler, R-E-S-S-L-E-R. Okay, I was was hoping it was John Douglas, who was the FBI agent who, like, started profiling. No, hang on, Helen, because I think there was a different agent who was mentioned who was talking to um uh uh gimbal because like gimbal is going to go and talk to one agent and Mulder's going to oh, talk really? to another yeah i gotta look at this okay agent douglas yes agent no douglas is in this yes oh um, that's yeah because that's perfectly uh 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 temporal it's that's yeah. like the right wow. yeah oh that's awesome Cool. Yeah. Special Agent John Douglas from the FBI's Behavioral Science Unit. He extended his hand to Bill Mulder, who gave it a quick shake. Oh, funny. He had a hard scrabble look about him that Mulder liked. (laughs) And so he interviews Gimbal, and uh, uh, Mulder gets interviewed by this other guy. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Um, That's so funny. Oh, my God. Yeah. Yeah. That's awesome. Cool. That's kind of cool. I like that. Yeah. That's a new touch. Yeah. So yeah. I'm guessing they didn't want to make somebody real have like a long conversation right. with Mulder, but they wanted him to have a cameo or whatever. Yeah. That's cool. I that like that. That is cool. I love that yeah. you knew that guy's name too, to be able to do that. I mean, partially from true crime stuff, partially uh, from the show Mindhunter. Oh, okay. Um, I think we've talked about that. How it yeah. scared you. Yeah. 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 I um I assumed you like learned it in school. <laughs> I don't oh. know. It's bones. I don't know what you do. Yeah. I mean no, I don't think so. I mean, that's okay. a fair, my, my first, I think I've talked about this. My first, uh, thesis advisor was pretty involved in like, uh, forensic anthropology and yeah. a relatively big name. Yeah. Did stuff um, with Gacy or no, with Dahmer. No, yeah. no, it was Gacy. Was he Gacy. excavated. Okay. Yeah. He was a grad yeah. student at the time and excavated, yeah. uh, his basement. Um, but, uh, yeah, I don't know. I don't know. But yes, John anyway, Douglas. Just, so that's kind of neat. Um, and so, uh, so this fictional agent though, he goes yeah. and is like, "Oh, this is going to be good. You should come to us when you're older and want a job." And so now Mulder kind of knows what he wants to do, and he has a talk with his dad and says, "I'm not going to Georgetown." Oh. And that wraps up the bulk of the case. There's one more chapter I'm going to talk about, but we don't see. The brother getting caught. We don't see any of that, which is sort of a weird ending, I thought. I thought it was going to end with more intense stuff. but Yeah, maybe we can assume that, like, 
he isn't caught until later when Mulder is an agent and writes like a better profile. Maybe. I don't know. I hope he's caught though. I don't know. Yeah. So either way, there's one more chapter. Okay. It's from X's perspective and he's breaking into somewhere. And at first you think it's, he's breaking into Mulder's house because um, it's talked about multiple times in a way that I find found very jarring uh, that both Mulder and Gimbal love Farrah Fawcett because she's so hot. And it just seemed very like, Weird. I don't know. And like, I do think Mulder would have liked Farrah Fawcett. That seems sure. fair, but it just seemed like a lot of mentions of it as if to be like, remember, it's 1979. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. <laughs> but it's mentioned that they both have a Farrah Fawcett poster. And so at first you think that he is... In Mulder's house, because uh, of the Fawcett poster, but he's actually at Gimbel's house, okay. and uh, the does major he kills a major. He does. Uh bummer. And destroys I mean, all his work. Uh, I mean, we know X isn't without flaws. Uh, yeah, but that's that's too bad. It is too bad. I know. Yeah. I was like X. They yeah. also imply briefly that X's dad was horrible and that X killed his father. Oh, huh? In like a little Weird. bit of, yeah. I, I don't. I don't know that we ever learn anything about X's childhood or anything. Like we don't even know no. his name. Like in the show. So, yeah. Weird. Okay. Yeah. Huh. So that's, that's so that's that. That's uh, wow. X Files Origins number one, Agent of Chaos. Wow. So, well, thank you for the recap. You're welcome. I might read the second one about Scully. Yeah. I kind of feel like at first I was like, nah. And and now having reread this one, I'm like, I could read the Scully one just as quickly. Yeah. And <laughs> I could find out what happens and see if there's any fun little clues or, or things right. related to the show. Um, yeah. It's not going to be a huge time investment to. Right. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, and so, yeah, I don't, I don't think there's anything else happening because the Scully one came out the next year and then nothing since then nothing since 2018 so yeah yeah so maybe guessing they weren't successful enough to draw like a whole series or whatever yeah um and i do think part of that is just like everybody likes Mulder and scully together it's way less compelling to have them i mean as we saw once like what happened later on in the series when they weren't together you know it's just people just aren't as interested so yeah same Fair. Yeah, I know. And yeah. I mean, like, I'm somebody who actually likes Doggett and Reyes, like, yeah, as characters, I, I as can... people. Right, yes. But it's just, but it's not the same. It's not, it's not the same, no. Yeah. hmm Yeah. Well, it is 78 degrees in my office. Oh, my God. With <laughs> the window so open. That's so horrible. It's February. What is going on? Yeah, I don't know. So, uh, this will be the end of the episode so that I can... Yes. Stop sweating, maybe open my window more, maybe stand outside for a bit, maybe oh my call God. lots of people. They need and to fix this. They, quote unquote, did fix it. What? Yeah. But they left me a card and said, call if it's not fixed. And I've just been like, well, it's fine. But now that my window is open and it's still hot, I'm I'm going to call. So that's what I'm going to yeah. go do. Please do. And then yeah. our next episode uh, that you'll be watching, Helen, is called... Um, well, it's got one of those letters I don't know how to say because it's an O <laughs> with a line through it. Um, oh, do- okay. Dodd calm? I'm Dodd calm? Yeah. yeah. Wait, is that it's about got- a ship? Yeah. And it, it involves Norwegians. Ooh. So kind of okay. like the 
podcast I was just talking about, Death and Ice Valley. Awesome. So. Well, great. I'm excited. Yeah. Yeah. Sounds kind of cool. All right. Um, like us, subscribe, whatever. And then, yeah, send us any questions you have. Sounds good. Bye. Bye. Bye.